surprise me that we did 40,000 miles a minute. It doesn't surprise me because if you're surprised, that means you doubt yourself. I can't doubt me. I know I'm dope. You just ain't addicted yet. What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On this show, we'll first discuss a couple of news nuggets, and we'll revisit a couple of topics from last week's podcast and share some new thoughts and perspectives. Then we'll briefly discuss the direction that hip-hop culture is going currently theme-wise. Then we'll discuss the new release of Talib Kweli's album, Liberation 2, and it's being featured exclusively on the Luminary podcasting platform and whether or not this is a wise marketing move. Then we'll do a retro review of The Roots' debut album, Organics, for its 30-year anniversary and discuss what we liked about the album, our favorite tracks, and where it stands in their discography. Then for our album Face-Off, we'll be putting Igor by Tyler the Creator against Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino and we in on which album we felt was better and why. And then we'll share what we've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's going on, Marcellus? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> music to sell drugs to the community, too. <laughs> Volume 2. Volume 2, right? <laughs> you even got man play up. I thought that was Kevin at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, man, they when, when, when they combined forces very briefly, they were formidable in the streets, man. I know. I know. He was finding lost crackheads and everything. <laughs> They, they were quite a team. I'm like, man, they, they really could have done something, but they, they, they sure could have. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, you know they, how the uh, game go. Yeah. <laughs> but what's good with you, bro? <sighs> glad, glad today over. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Okay, okay. Monday be that ten hour shift, so I feel downtown. I thought I was, man. I thought I was leaving early. I was like, nah, let me get some of this other stuff done. So I ain't trying to hear it tomorrow from the manager. Oh yeah, yeah. So you do four tens and then you got three off. Yup. That's right. nice. Sunday. Man, that's nice. That's nice. <clears throat> I wish I could do something similar. It it feels like I kind of do, but Fridays are so iffy. It's like they might not have nothing for me on a Friday, or I might have to sit through like a six and a half hour long Zoom meeting. It, 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 it's 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 never any in between. So. <laughs> but uh but glad to have you on man i'm working with a skeleton crew tonight vince is oh. saying that he's gonna patch on a little late uh jamil he unfortunately had to take care of some some duties with work he's uh you know moving moving that way across across state lines so you know okay. he <laughs> he had to he had to bow out for tonight <laughs> but um oh real quick Man, one of the things I did get to do this weekend, I got the chance to, uh, me and my son got a chance to pull up on that Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Did you see it yet? Yeah, uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. 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 It's good, I, man. I, I'm, I, I only heard good stuff about it. Yeah, so it's I'm, really I'm good. I'm definitely trying to, trying to see when I can get over to the show. Okay. Okay. I always like their movies. I even like the second one. I know everyone kind of was kind of a little dismissive of the second one, but I, I really like the Yandu storyline. That's the best part about the second one. 
that's the only thing I liked about the second one was Yantu. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because the first yeah. one, the first one, the way that they did it, introducing everybody, okay, I was like, okay, this is solid. Then the second one, it felt like, like y'all went off script, you know? Like, ah, this ain't, now nah, this don't feel right to me. Yeah, because the second yeah. one was the one where he tracked down his biological dad, right? Yeah, Eco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was, it was, I don't know. It was, it was still enjoyable to me. I, I understand why some people felt it. It the went off script. The soundtrack wasn't even as good to me. Which one? The soundtrack. Man, I would have to think back on what was on that the first soundtrack. soundtrack, man, I played that thing out. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Man. Okay. All right. Sorry. I got some info coming in about this field trip tomorrow. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to. I, I remember. I remember that ELO song they played in the very beginning of the second one. I remember digging that. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were fighting the, the big battery monster. But yeah. I, I really don't remember anything else. But uh, but but volume three, man, bro, <laughs> that that one's gonna have you folded up, bro. That one's yeah. gonna have you folded I, I up. I figured, cause cause of the way um, what's the face ended, the way um, end game ended. You know what I mean? Cause in game, you know, uh, Infinity War, his girl died, and then oh. in game, yeah. this is a version that don't know him. They just know him, right? You know, so it's I'm like, oof, that's that's rough. That's a rough one. Like you look like her, but you're not her. You know? Yeah, yeah. They definitely it's revisit, you, but it's not you. You know? Yeah, so they, it's it's messed up. They definitely revisit that. They definitely yeah, revisit yeah, that, but it's it's really Rocket's storyline. You know? It's yeah. Really his, yeah. I've, his, I saw that too. His movie, but man, bro, you gonna be folded up, bro, in yep. the theater. <laughs> yep, I know. <laughs> I know whatever they whatever they do with it because uh batista already said he don't want to come back really so i was like yeah so i was like okay i don't know don't don't spoil it because i was like oh man i don't know what he's gonna do but i give him props man because uh i think we was me and you and phil and zach was talking about you know these different people that's got into acting and it's like batista is really pushing his range he not just some big strong dude you know what i mean He's yeah, really yeah. pushing his acting range. And I'm like, okay, that's respectable. Yeah, you know, yeah. Got people like The Rock and Vin Diesel, and it's like, y'all ain't never moved past this. You know, and I really think Vin Diesel would do better if he was in dramas, in some dramas, but he can't do a drama without some form of action. It's like, you don't want to let that go. You know, like, just in case this don't work out, like, no, nah, dude, you just got to take the dive, and if it flop, it flop. Yeah, I mean, like, bro, we we just because you got muscles doesn't mean it has to be action, uh, right. action flick. You know what I mean? Because him in um, what was he in Boiler Room? That was one of the best movies he was in. He was also people forget he was in Saving Private Ryan. That's see, see, that's what I'm saying. He, I think he if he would do better because like some of these action roles, you know, like Fast and the Furious is wrapping up, like. Uh, the pitch black universe ain't hitting no more you know it's like dude you you really you really should have been cutting your teeth on some of these action parts and he, he do comedy but it's like eh, I, I think he'd do better with some some drama roles could be could be yeah. that's yeah. just just my <laughs> two cents because when i've seen people that it's like he could have been building up that talent you know yeah and that's what i like about batista like he's willing to say hey you know what let me risk it 
let me go ahead and risk it. I don't know how long my star gonna shine. Let me risk it because I think the most recent movie he was in is a uh, is a drama. What is it? Knock at the cabin or something? You know? Oh, really? He's okay. in, you know, he's in Dune, and he'll be back for Dune. You know, as a uh, Raban, but um, like I said, I think Knock at the Cabin. I think that's a drama. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's a good time. The movie's a good time. <laughs> the movie's a good time. Real quick, just revisiting a couple of topics from my last episode uh, from last week. Um, somebody said that uh, I heard somebody say that Freaknik just evolved into Essence Fest. Everybody, yeah. everybody grew up, and then the big event, yearly event for all the black people to go to was it just became Essence Fest. Sound right? Sound about right? Yeah. Now everybody's walking around in white linen suits and and, and flats, uh, listening to Brian McKnight all week. So <laughs> I can like, believe that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see that too. Because Essence Fest is kind of like was. It, it gained more popularity actually with, with with my generation. You know, people going down there to New Orleans every every year, and it's mm-hmm. it's more and more people doing it. I, I noticed, but it's it's more like it's more like black professionals. I noticed doing it. Okay, gotcha. You know, it's not just come one come all like like Freaknik mm-hmm. was. Right, because Freaknik was definitely that. Yeah, because was yeah. Freaknik Atlanta. Yeah, that was in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Also, too, uh, one of my my other supporters of the show and, and occasional guests, he he texts me about in reply to the conversation about if coke rap saved hip hop, and he he I thought his his insight was very interesting. Honestly, uh, this is from our friend Nick, uh, aka DJ Money in the Bank. He said, "I don't think coke rap saved hip hop, but it definitely saved mainstream hip hop." <laughs> he said. Kanye beating 50 Cent that year, uh, I guess referring to 2007, uh, resulted in mainstream hip hop not having that hard edge for the sake of bringing in backpack rap. Where resulted is instead of drug dealers rapping about, instead of drug dealers rapping, you now had drug addicts rapping in the mainstream. Uh, The current era of coke rap is basically saving the mainstream from addict rap. Which I thought was it was was an interesting. I see where you're, where you're coming from. Yeah, I thought that was that was an interesting point. Um, because it did Not definitely that. shift to yeah, for sure. Selling drugs to using drugs. <laughs> but, but you, you got the you got to think about people grow up, people change. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things that I I'm personally kind of sad about is that it it feels like hip-hop still won't let go of its roots in order to evolve into something else or or not even or to expand into something else it doesn't have to change entirely are you talking about musical or are you talking about more ideological roots more so musical because like he was saying more so like like he was saying like hip-hop got popular when it was gangster rap but just like KRS-One said he was you know plenty of people knew him in the underground but the radio refused to play him when he was hot so that's how gangster rap got so popular it wasn't like nothing else was out you know the yeah. whole the whole uh, Native Son movement was out at the time you know what I'm saying 
and some of the yeah. people have had they gotten more airplay they probably be able to have you know uh a career like tribe called quest but instead some of the people folded in the 90s and, and barely had 10-year careers you know what i'm yeah, saying true. barely had two albums out and it's like nah they could have had five six albums out had they had some radio play it wasn't like there was an internet you know back in the day we had to sit by the radio and record mess you yeah know? hit that pause button <laughs> yeah so i'm like a lot of people you know so so let's let's put an asterisk by what hip-hop is quote-unquote is because just like tribe said native son said the media controlled a lot of that yeah yeah and i I think the media still does to be quite honest um i i I actually it's not not the same because because we got streaming services if people want to reach out they can they gonna find something for them i just think it's just in its i wouldn't say infancy i would say it's more so in its preteen to teen angst years yeah i think it's I think it's in its middle age years, honestly. Like for for different forms of rap or different okay. styles, because like, well, I'm I'm jumping the gun here, but that's where I think Tyler the Creator comes in. You know what I'm saying when you talk about uh, weird weird black folks that's doing you know rap music. I think that's where Tyler the Creator comes in. I think that's where Donald Glover comes in. Childish Gambino. I think that's where a lot of those those people fit. But that sound has not been out for a long enough time for multiple generations to cling on to it. Okay, I, I see what you're saying, but but even with the with the overarching popular sounds of hip hop, to me it's it's to me when I hear it, it sounds very divergent from the musical roots of hip hop that that we came up on in the '90s and even before that. I, I think sonically it has grown and flourished and evolved and become all these different interesting sounds and styles Just and re- now, you know i would say maybe in the last 10 15 years um i would say last 25 honestly like i could i could go back that far yeah, yeah I, I would I say last say 25 you act in 98 <clears throat> but you think you was talking to like in, in its infancy so if you're going back 25 years and and even then it still wasn't wasn't flourishing you know what I'm saying? You got people that you would never think would get Emmys and you know, gold and platinum albums now that would have wouldn't have survived the '90s. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't have survived the 2000s. You know, 20 years ago would have gotten nowhere. Like, what's this weird nigga, man? Sit down. Yeah. You know, and and now it's like, do do doing something. Yeah, I honestly think right now it's in a good place. I do think it's changed for the better. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that I do think that when in, in terms of some of the themes that rap constantly visits and re, or should I say revisits, mm-hmm. I think we're still going through the growing pains of like just people wanting to hear something different thematically. People yeah. people as as dope as coke rap can be, there are still people out there who want something different like mm-hmm. Like I was talking last week on my show, there are people who appreciate Griselda and Alchemist and Rock Marciano that are our age. But the thing, I, the one criticism I always hear is they rap about coke too much. They rap about selling drugs too much. I mean, I can't take no more than three or four songs, you know, because that's mm-hmm. all they talk about. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, they're they are correct. You know, some some coke rappers give you a little more, like Conway, like like Pusha T. 
you know they, they can give you a little bit more depth but i do think hip-hop is is struggling still to like identify what it wants to speak on i think it's moving in the right direction uh, right. i do i think it's moving in the right direction and and like that goes to what i'm saying like with the teen angst like there's a point that the average person goes through where they're trying to find out who they are and when they're trying to express themselves the people around them that's older or younger don't understand what they're saying because yeah. the people who are older aren't going through what you're going through now as a teen that didn't exist when they were teens and the people who are younger haven't gone through it yet and that's yeah. where it feels like like you said rap is struggling it's struggling to find out where it wants to go and that's why i said it feels like teen angst to me yeah, yeah. and and someone will be the voice of that later and i think tyler the creator is going to be one of those people but he's not going to be one of those people till he's like 35 years old and people look back and be like man he really represented you know xyz i think he's started get his flowers now because he's been he's been active a little bit more than 10 years now and no, um, no, no, I'm, no i'm saying like think about who we think of you know, to the to who was it, Nick, when he's talking about gangster rap. Think about who you think of. Who do you think of instantly when you think of gangster rap? Uh, 50 Cent. <laughs> right. And see, I'm like six years, seven years older than you. So the first person I think of is Dre. OK, yeah, yeah. So so I'm like when people think of like you talk about later, weird niggas, they gonna think of Tyler, the creator later. The same way, like, who, who was that dude? Yeah, it was Tyler, the creator. You know what I'm saying? He'll be one of those people that'll be part of the foundation for that type of rap, for that type of hip hop, for that type of community. Oh, they'll definitely. Be able yeah. to be nerds and they'll be able to go, man, I'm gonna go see Star Wars. I'm gonna go see Star Trek. I'm gonna go see, you know, all the stuff that back when I was a kid, nobody wanted to admit to, to watching, you know? Yeah. And, and now you got people like Tyler, the creators, like, I don't give a crap what them people think. Right, I don't care what you think is cool. Right. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Who want to roll with me? You know. So yeah, yeah, and it's exactly. Be more, and more people that's gonna, you know, more and more black folks that's gonna be like, I'm into this. So what? You know, because yeah. that's the way I was raised. My mom was pregnant with me when she went to go see Star Wars with my dad. Oh know? wow! <laughs> I've seen every single Star Wars technically at the show. Oh you know man! What I'm so. I mean, we used to watch Next Generation as a family on, on what, Channel 50? Yeah, we did, too. <laughs> we yeah, did, too. Yeah. The data, like, with Data and the Borg. And, and, and I had no friends watch Star Trek. Wow. We used to watch Next Generation, Deep Space Nine as a family. You know, because probably around the end of Deep Space Nine was when I was going, you know, going to school, going to college. And finally, you know, had the, had the, the whip, had the phone, and was out the house. But it was like this is stuff I was raised on, you know. Stargate yeah. was on back in the day. Like nobody cared. My parents never, never cared about none of that, and nobody we knew was watching that. It was like so. Mm. Yeah, we man, we always missed with Star Trek. Like Star Trek and X Files, actually. <laughs> like, Dude, X Files, man. I rewatched because you know the for my podcast, uh, the game we play uh, by Upper Deck versus System or versus Two PCG. Okay. They came out with a set of cards for X Files. So when we heard that that set was coming out, I went back and rewatched all the X Files, dude. Aside from them last two seasons, 
dude, X Files was. I I still don't think X Files got the props it got. It didn't. It didn't. It, it, it people saw it as kind of like a one dimensional show, but it was it was hitting on a lot of stuff. It, like now that last season, it did get kind of whack because it felt like they were building towards something really good, and then they just and kinda, it was so anticlimactic. Oh, geez. yeah, they just kind of dropped the ball at the very end. And, but and the <clears> thing about it was leave it was the type of show where you could leave people hanging and it would be satisfying just the what ifs and then they came back and revisited it and then you did all this predictable stuff it's like huh yeah like yeah. no you can't you you sat back and and spent what seven to nine seasons being something that was completely out of this world in two movies and then you come and bring these last two seasons in and you do stuff that's predictable. And it's like, dude, I could have wrote that. What yeah, they, they, were trying to, they, <laughs> were trying to, they were trying to wrap everything up in a neat package. You know. X-Files never needed to be neat. Yeah. that's yeah. The, That was the best part about it. X-Files was never going to be neat. It was going to be, it was just going to be messy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like the the Mulder Scully thing was gonna be messy. The cigarette smoking man was gonna be messy, you know. Um, you finally, finally saw um, what's his face come out of his shell and get gangster with it. Um, who's that boss? Skinner, DA, the DA. Oh uh, yeah, the AD Skinner. You know, because he was like, oh okay, yeah, this this how we gonna have to get down because he was what was he ex marine, you know. They was constantly trying to toe the line, and then it was like, man, they pushed him too far, and it was like click clack, you know. <laughs> so, but like yeah. I said, it's I think I think Tyler, the creator, is gonna be one of those people for this new generation that's gonna be like, I got fifty men out on the street. This is what I rock with, just like because I didn't have nobody like that back in the day, you know. No, we didn't. We we had, I mean, the most eccentric person we had was prob probably Andre 3000 and like he he didn't get terribly eccentric until like their second album right right and, and, and it, it wasn't then, like he had solo material we could we could lean exactly. back on it and, was just a vibe with him you right and you didn't have and and keep in mind too because big boy was there there was a way to balance it out yeah because <clears throat> even even drake called it out you know in um what song was that return was of the that G. That, was that at the beginning yeah that's it that's it yep and yeah. Quim and I, you know is he gay is he on dope like who is he you know he said, i'm feeling better than ever what's up with you, <laughs> you know? and, and they they big boy didn't care like that's my guy you, you know what i'm saying and it right. was and it was never no conflict and people didn't realize that because so much of the media was sitting back talking about east coast west coast stuff like bro you got two different dudes with two different mentalities two different like they come from the same culture and are branching in two different ways and still are unified and nobody talked about it these yeah. dudes made five albums together over what 20 plus years and nobody ever it said was, anything. Like this they had hit five albums. They had hit five albums. I think within the first ten. I, I, that's what I'm saying. But they were still like hit. They was they were still visible for a long time before Dre like 
fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but it was just like nobody brought that up because it was always this East Coast, West Coast beef. And yeah, unfortunately. Hey, and, and the black community didn't come and say, hey, you know what? Big Boy and Trey ain't got these problems. Like, let me dig deeper into this. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And Exactly. And if nobody did it, you know, I didn't see them in Double XL. I didn't see them in in any uh, magazine source or anything like that back in. No, the day. they were they were definitely they were definitely featured like in in, in like the black mags and the hip hop based mag, but not, but not, not in like the bigger more that, mainstream mags. Like but not Rolling in Stone. that in that light though. It was more so. Hey, y'all bring us something new, something different to the game. Y'all represent Dirty South and Ludacris came out and all this type of stuff. And, you know, and it, and it was like, okay, but y'all still not talking about the, it, black folks wasn't trying to get that deep with emotional, you know what I mean? Emotional stuff and, and you know, two different men, you know, and which was sad to me because it's like <laughs> these folks are 50 some years old now. And y'all just now repping these people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like well, hip hop, hip hip hop is moving in a in a in a good direction. Like I, I do think so. Like a- evidence of which, uh, Kendrick Lamar. <clears throat> oh, for sure. I don't know if you heard, but his latest tour, this Mr. Morale tour, mm-hmm. is officially become the highest earning hip hop tour in history. With for a solo act, I should say, for a solo mm-hmm. act, which surprised me because. A lot of the critics of his latest album tried to convince everybody that this was a dud. People wasn't rocking with it, and it's like, and then to find out it's the highest-grossing solo tour ever. And there's been a lot of solo tours. Think about all the rappers who've come along, you know, and 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 had that moment. You know, Lauren Hill. You know, you can't tell me she wasn't pulling in bank on tour. Uh, Fifty Cent, Snoop Dogg. Uh, Even recently. Think about Lil Wayne. Think about Drake. Yeah, Drake. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Drake. Drake was 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 uh who who whose record he broke. Yeah, I think I think that was one of whose record he broke. But it's just interesting because he's a lot be of people. He's gonna be another one that's gonna be in a different branch from Tyler the Creator, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because he's representing a different aspect of the black community through his his vision through his voice than Tyler the Creator. But they not they not opposed. They working in harmony with each other. Yeah, but they both rebels, you know. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Yep. Because the stuff like I said, and when you go back and listen to Kendrick's earliest stuff, he always had that type of voice. He was still trying to find out how to say it. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like to me. It was like, okay, you you still trying to figure out how how to say this because um I didn't listen to all the studio what is studio eighty but even then oh you mean section eighty section eighty that's it it's section eighty but um he had that type of voice in section eighty he didn't know how to express it yeah he was still finding his way I think Mr Morale is like the full circle like he knows what he's trying to say he knows how he wants to say it he knows how he wants how he wants it to sound when he's saying it's that mr morale still ain't my favorite album but i think that he he knows what he wants to do now yeah yeah my man ain't even what is he 32 
he is 30 i want to say he's 34 35 still early somebody won all them grammys and got a pulitzer bro bro yeah you talk about the highest grossing solo act yeah yeah yeah, kudos yeah kudos to him man kudos to him speaking of (laughs) solo acts and albums i I don't know if you've heard about this but talib kwali recently dropped an album maybe about a month or so ago uh, it was a collaborative album with the producer Mad Lib. It's called Liberation 2. It's it's the sequel to their uh, collaborative project that they did in, I want to say in 2007, uh, which was entitled Liberation. Uh, however, the thing with this album, the rub with this album, is that even though it's getting rave reviews, everyone who's heard it says it's one of the best releases he's ever done, barely anyone's heard this album because it is only available through Luminary, the, the podcast app Luminary, which was also the podcast app that the Black Star album was was exclusively made available through that dropped last year. Do you think, Marcellus, this is a smart or wise uh, business strategy or, or marketing strategy to release album, albums exclusively through do one particular streaming service especially one that you have to pay for man that is that is tricky that is tricky because they're doing it the opposite of video streaming services like for example when you got a video streaming service hbo max you know prime whatever then they pay you and then you produce it music is the opposite you have to make it and then get paid right you know what i'm saying so this could be the best thing ever and then nobody hears it and it's like dude you van Gogh in this piece <laughs> you, yeah you're not gonna make no money off of this until until after you did you know so like i said it's and, and i i do understand you know yasin bay and and talib you know want to pull a certain audience but to be realistic rap needs some type of majority purchase in order yeah. to make money yeah but if they're not in this to make money then yo bang out all these albums you know do what you want to do and maybe they'll the volume of it will then pull people to the app and it'll it'll flip around maybe they got shares in the in the company you know and they in the long run you know because i mean between they they i'm really really close to signing up to luminary between black star between the podcast between liberation 2 like man i like they (laughs) they they, they, like they get a couple more things on there i want to hear i'm gonna be on there i i can send you a copy of the black star album um because it was I, I don't want to say too, get, get too in the weeds on that. Just just check out my Black Star No Fear of Time review on the channel. I, I, I did a review of the album sometimes last year. Okay, um, you, okay. you, can, you can search the uh, Vibes and Stuff podcast channel for it. I, I dedicated a full 30 minutes to, to reviewing that album. Mm-hmm. But I just, there's a part of me that feels like they're, they, maybe they did behind the scenes really, really put together some some advantageous paperwork for them. Uh, in, in terms of what they're getting paid to release these albums exclusively through Luminary. Right. I just, 
the, the fact that, that they're already battling artists like Talib Kweli and Mostaf or Yasin Bey, they're already fighting this uphill battle. Right. Okay. Where people barely really know about them. The people who, who were up on them back in the day have might have moved on to different artists, not really right. checking for them any, anymore, yada, yada. Then you have, like, you know, all these new school uh, uh, hip hop listeners who just started really listening to the genre 10, 15 years ago and have no idea who you are. It's just, I, sometimes I feel that they're overestimating their. Uh, imprint on the collective consciousness of the hip hop audience. Like, yeah, everyone's gonna hear about this album that I got on Luminary, and they're gonna, everyone's gonna sign up, you know, for Luminary subscriptions to to hear my album, you know. And, and how much that happened with the Black Star album, and how much it's happened with this new Talib project, I don't know. Of course, I don't have the numbers on that, and I I suspect they're never gonna release the numbers on that, but. I just, I don't know, man. I just feel that that's a very that's not going to happen counterproductive marketing right. strategy. Oh, I, I agree. And part of the reason is because not only do you have so much competition between what's popular, I'm not even talking about the app itself. I'm just talking about the music style. You have competition between what's popular, and you have competition between um, where do people listen to this music. Do they listen to this music in the club? Is this club music? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Are they listening to it at a at a reception or a house party? Like, where are they listening to this music at? Because I'm old. You know what I'm saying? So back in the day, you had house parties. That's where you listen to all the music. So being a DJ was super important. And now it's like, well, I got a streaming service. Okay. Yeah. Which streaming service? <clears throat> Pandora, Spotify, Apple. No, I got. I you you gonna only own Luminary? Yeah. Then who's gonna hear this? Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's I. Gonna, how you gonna hear it? You know. So. Yeah. There. There were. There were two podcasts like three or four years ago that I signed up for Luminary to hear, and one of them ain't even. I don't think it's even active anymore. And the, the second one just kind of fizzled out and like branched off into covering other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, all right, I, I need to let this expire. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it's a better strategy than releasing an album exclusively in a museum and, and making it so that it can only be heard in a museum, like the, that, that one Yasin Bey album. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just I don't feel this is the the best strategy, and like you're making people kind of, you know, you're jump through for backwards. Yeah, jump through hoops yeah, to hear yeah, your and music, and I it, and it, I it get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, uh, traditional streaming platforms they suck. They don't they don't pay the artists like they're supposed to. Right. But you you kind of got to do that dance with the devil to, to get your stuff out there and get it heard. Right. And and I do understand that maybe they tired of doing things that way. But you also it's the old saying, the first one through the walk is bloody. So you you may be trying to do this and you may be onto something at some point. But when? Because this has already been done with streaming services for video. You know what I'm saying? when you got your three-way going between netflix hulu and amazon prime you know what i'm saying and then disney went and bought out fox and now they showing up to the party 
you know so it's like okay who's who who you got you know who you got your money on right now you know but so, imagine but imagine having all those streaming services you just mentioned but then there's this 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 fifth one this fifth little guy over here in the corner exactly and they got this you know never before seen movie by this director you really like and yep it's like exactly where i was going with it yep are you necessarily going to pay you know and it's like maybe no no (laughs) i i need you to build up same thing same thing with uh disney i need you to build up a rapport because i'm like i'm a grown man i'm not i'm not dealing with disney like that and then it was like oh we got star wars and i was like yeah yeah i know you got (laughs) star wars and then they bought out fox and it was like oh so you you about to really you know bring the heat they got spider-man up there now you know what i'm saying Andor is, is is fire to me. I didn't think they could do a spy thrill in the Star Wars universe, but they did it. Mandalorian got three banging seasons, and it's like, who ain't on Disney Plus right now? And why not? You know what I mean? So, I mean, Grogu is everywhere. I, you yeah. know, I'll be at work and people be wearing Grogu shirts. You know, so I'm, I'm just like, Disney is everywhere right now, and Luminary has to have something that's going to pull people to it like that because i wasn't even sweating disney plus at first it's like eh, this is whatever and then yeah. like i said it was oh the mandalorian is coming out okay yeah we'll get it for the mandalorian when that's over we'll let, we'll let it expire and then they just kept coming out with heat like, all right i can't yeah. see myself doing that with luminary though nah nah they ain't got enough heat right for me right not not right. not right. not yet not yet but well, um I'm gonna keep this on retainer Nah, I'm an anime <laughs> head right now. I'm catching up on my One Piece. I just canceled Netflix and, and Hulu just so I can keep Crunchyroll. You know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm catching. You know, Snowfall is over, Atlanta is over. I ain't, I ain't watching nothing else on it right now. You know, it's like, all right, let me go ahead and uh, just keep my Crunchyroll. And if something else pop up, I'll binge on that and then cancel that too. And a lot of people, that's what they're doing. <laughs> you know, I'm saying it's fifteen dollars. You know, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't see how. And I hope they have some type of release clause, or they have access to their masters, so that if something happens to Luminary and this doesn't work out the way they want it, they can always get this bought out and transferred over to somebody else. Okay, yeah, that's really yeah. what I hope happens if this thing with Luminary doesn't work out. I don't know. I don't know if they, you know, structured the deal that way. You know, they might Luminary might forever own the rights to that albums or these albums. You know, that'd be jacked up. Because I mean, what the reason why I bring it up is because that's what's happening with um, Marvel now. Because Marvel has shows that they made exclusively for and with Netflix. But when the contract was up, it moved over to Disney, Disney Plus. So those oh. shows aren't on Netflix anymore, even though they got produced with Netflix. With Netflix, okay. You know, and that's like the first time I seen that happen. I ain't seen those shows go from the streaming service that it created it to another streaming service. I've seen them go from TV and cable over to a streaming service, but not 
this was created specifically for this network and now it's uh, this streaming service and now it's on another streaming service the only way that they would probably get released is if you know luminary got bought out by somebody which may also happen because they may be like well we need access to uh this genre of music we need access to um this type of fan base this type of demographic for these marketing reasons you know that's which, which what makes the releasing of it through a luminary exclusively it makes it even more unwise i'm not gonna say dumb but it just makes it even more unwise because if if your whole point is we don't want these big bad streaming companies to have access to our music and and, sh and be streaming it out and we're getting pennies on a dollar for it if that's your if that's your your motivation it's like why would you go with just another streaming service that's smaller and more exclusive and yeah can be bought out like like you know because record labels have have they getting bought some, some form of ownership then they'll get a giant chunk and they'll get paid on the back end okay okay that makes sense that makes you know sense. like if they got a seven percent fifteen percent stake in the company even if they had but but then but that under undermines your whole like rebellion behind a paywall ethos that they've been preaching you know like it's just i don't know man like that's true too <laughs> I, I know I, I said the same thing like i can't see i can't see you making something beautiful and then don't want it to be seen like that's weird to me you know what i mean Especially yeah, it's, it's what you call elitist to some degree yeah 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 so it's it's like you 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 made this but now everybody can't enjoy it that that just seems weird to me yeah and, yeah and that goes back to what you originally said like maybe y'all footprint on hip-hop ain't what y'all think it is maybe what it used to be was something but now maybe it ain't yeah and they 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 you know they stay working and putting out music don't get me wrong but i i there's a part of me that feels like they're just kind of resting on their laurels a bit and they they still have a level of cultural currency because they, they they can hang out with Dave Chappelle and people still talk about him, you know, right? Yep, so, yep. and well, he hangs out with Elon really. Musk. So, you know, it's just I don't know, I don't know. It just feels a bit a little arrogant to me, a little bit. <laughs> it, it may be because one thing I always thought I was like, man, between I think most Dev should have easily branched off into acting, and it's, it just feels like. Like he just started spinning his wheels. Like he wasn't consistently producing something hot. He wasn't, you know, he was an Italian job and brown sugar. And it was like, okay, okay, let's see what most. And then he wasn't in movies no more, you know. And it was like, okay, where's his next album at? And it, it just, it just, and maybe they got disillusioned with the industry, hence the name change, you know, for you know different reasons and and went you know the Prince way with it. So it's like. I, you know, that's that's something they have to deal with as artists, you know. But uh, I, I I think personally, most Def had a lot of potential that he never tapped into. Because my man got to be fifty about now, so some of yeah, stuff, he's he's yeah you know, he's pushing like, he's pushing fifty. Um, you're not gonna be able to get that that time back. He actually has a really really good interview on Talib Kweli's uh, People's Party podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I think he, he interviewed him for, for like an hour, yeah. And um, he was talking about you know his beginnings and mm -hmm. late '90s New York, and it, it's a really interesting uh, uh, podcast and or interview. It gives you some insight into his thinking. 
Um, did you did you want to cover this most improved rappers uh, topic or did you want to shelve that? Because since we don't have a whole crew on, I I shelved it. Okay, okay. Because I know y'all got more people that y'all can dig into than I would. Okay, okay. So very be, well. It would be fair to you know to a different group, you know to a different group of people. Okay, okay. Very well, very well. All right. Um, let's dig into uh, our, our main topic for the night then. This week marks a very, very special anniversary for a very special album from a very special group. Um, and that is the uh, unheralded and very hard to find debut album from none other than The Roots entitled Organics. This was their debut LP. It was it was released in 1993 very limited pressings i don't know if they were signed to a label when at the time of the release of this album i, I want to say no though because the album apparently organics was only available for sale as merch at their shows hmm. back in 93 so they were only like uh, a thousand or a couple thousand copies of organics initially pressed up <clears throat> and when they finally got signed to Geffen and they released uh, Do You Want More, then Illadelph Half-Life, and then they released Things Fall Apart, which is the album that earned them a Grammy. A little bit after Things Fell Apart, the label decided to re-release Organics on tape and uh, cassette and CD and, and, you know, whatever else people were listening to at the time. And... It was able, but it's, it was still a very limited pressings and a very limited release. Mm -hmm. um, but I, fortunately, I was able to get a copy. And yep. we got a copy um, too on this end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, um, I, I obtained my copy through theft. <laughs> 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 and and just just a little brief history. I first heard Organics back in like 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 back. It was ninety nine. It was a little bit after things fall apart came out and they were really buzzing and we were at um we were at the homegirl jetty's house one day and i shoot were you were you there i might have been i think you might have been um, i definitely remember being at jetty's house okay and 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 the homeboy jay yep he had it he had it on cassette and he was playing it. It was, it was just kind of playing in the background because we were clowning, doing some other stuff, probably drinking. And um, it was playing in the background. I was like, man, I've never heard these root songs before. And I was like, what album is this? He was like, oh, this is their first joint, uh, Organics. And I popped the, the cassette out the, the thing, out the deck, and I looked at it and it was like, it said Organics. And I was like, huh. I was like, when did this come out? And it said 1993. So I was like, yo, you mind if I borrow this dummy a copy? And he was like, oh, man, you can have it. I was like, oh, OK, well, bet. Like, like, I'm, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm going to take this home. And, but then a couple of years later, I was able to find a copy of it on CD on, yeah. um, on Sandbox Automatic. Mm. And um, well, where, where did you first hear Organics or, or, or how and, and, and where did you hear first first hear Organics? I think it was through Jay. It just wasn't at that, at the Jetty's house. Okay, okay. I would have thought it would have been through Isaac or somebody. I think Isaac had it because I'm not sure how how you overlap with him if he was you know alive or not at that point. 
but I think he he had it because I do remember listening, hearing it at his house. But I don't think that was the first time I heard it though. Okay. I remember us comparing them. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. I, I remember, but I can't think of who I was comparing it with. But I do remember having a whole conversation about it. Okay. Okay. Oh, and in case I did not mention it, this is his 30 year anniversary. I I can't remember if I specified how, which anniversary it is for this album but yeah 30 years now now when you heard it back then what were your thoughts and in hindsight after having <laughs> um uh, not, maybe not 30 but but close to 30 years to kind of sit with the album and and hopefully revisit it this week uh for the show what what are your thoughts on the album how does it how how is it aged how does it sit with you and how you you like it if if you like it so i remember when i first heard it i was more enthralled dealing with you know being early 20s and and coming out of your teen angst and the darkness of uh Illadelph half-life was was fitting for the time frame you know what i'm saying because at mm. the time i liked Illadelph half-life still better than things fall apart at the time so i still do low-key yeah 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 so now it's like Hmm. I look back on it like last week when you sent the syllabus out and I was like, okay, let me go ahead and, and check out uh Ildef Half. I mean uh go check out organics and get ready for you know for the show. And the very first thing that hit was Leonard Hubbard on the bass. <laughs> and the very first person to rap was Malik B. Yes, I I literally teared up. I literally I hadn't I haven't heard this album probably since two thousand, you know two thousand one maybe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, just dude, all the all the stuff I was going through back then, and you know, Isaac turned me on to the roots and a lot of different music, and you know, that that was a turning point for who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how certain things are just intertwined into who you are, just like we had a Star Trek Star Wars conversation earlier today, mm-hmm. you know, earlier in the convo. So it's like certain things are just a piece of who you are. And the roots fit that bill. So to know that Isaac is gone, Leonard Hubbard is gone, Malik B is gone, it was like, whew, it was, it was mm. a flood of emotions right there. But they, yeah. that album just man it i was not expecting it to hit as hard as it did just lyrically but it really showed the roots found their sound very very early yeah yeah and losing the people they lost was a blow to the group oh yeah they'll never be the same again it'll it'll never be the same like it, it can't like you can't that was lightning in a bottle for me you know, like you'll you'll never be able to go back to that. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For for me, it's it's it, for me it too. It, it it also is a a a trip down memory lane. Albeit maybe not as um, somber as yours, but it is a, a reminder of <laughs> of a bygone era. You know, yeah. and you know, cats cats. I still got love for you know and. You know, Dice Raw was really was really yep. ra- rapping with him more more frequently back then. Yep. You know, Malik B was in the group, 
and it, it, it strikes me it struck me back then as well but it, it, even still now just how fun and carefree this album sounds <clears throat> yeah yeah they're doing some serious things like on tracks like uh like common dust and uh hold on let me pull it up i'm sorry here give me one second to pull up this track list then let me see here but yeah it was a very it was a very fun but yeah, yet it is. still balanced album yeah exactly. you know tracks like common dust um the anti-circle they were they were really getting down you know mm-hmm. uh peace but then you have very fun and carefree stuff like grits mm-hmm. good music good music the, past the popcorn yeah yeah past the popcorn the good music prelude was dope yeah um winter yeah. parts one to five <laughs> It's gotta be that's my favorite joint on the album. <laughs> For um, real. <laughs> the, the, no, the, I gotta I gotta go with with I gotta go with probably past the popcorn. I really? Go past the popcorn. Dude, when you when they switched up the beat, it was like uh had the Inspector Gadget beat in there for like 20 seconds and oh, then yeah. it was like get down and it and it came back in like that's the stuff that only a band can do you know what I mean yeah yeah like yeah. like if you've seen because I know you've gone to way more shows than me but if you like when you see a band and they play they're in tune like like Prince and his band and if somebody wants to go on a solo or if Prince got to do this riff or you know what I'm saying like like there's there's a harmony with the band that you just can't do if somebody's just uh, a solo artist playing a track you just can't do it the same way you know Indeed. what I'm saying and they were and in that's lockstep that's what that song felt like exactly. exactly yeah they were in lockstep very early yo I wrote this basement never never tunnels like portion just to accompany some audio distortion bust the popcorn drop it onto my cassette and bust the kid crumbs how you feel I'm feeling blessed man like he just <laughs> bro like like that's what I'm saying that's they what were they were in lockstep very very early, but but the 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 thing with this album is they've never sounded so free and so fun since this album. Of, yeah. of course, do do you want more? Is is dope? It's got the same spirit, but you can tell they were a little it's bit more, more, more serious. Yeah, they were more yeah. serious. They were a little they bit was, more they laser was, focused. They was entering. They was. It's like it felt like they was entering um, as a sophomore album. They was starting to go through stuff with record producers. They was going through stuff because it it felt like they were the second coming to Tribe for the stuff that they were talking about, not the sound. But yeah. remember when Tribe had uh, People's Instinctive Travels? Yeah. And how that sounded? It sounded freer, but they had a harder message. They had a message that they was trying to get through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when they got to low end theory, they spoke out directly against record labels. And they kept doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they kept doing it for every single album. But low end theory and Midnight Marauders, they have tracks that are specifically doing just that. And they sound like we are so sick and tired. Uh, this rigmarole that we go through with these labels there was no internet there's no way for it like this is the process but as a creative you don't want to go through this logistical nonsense you just want to be able to create yeah and yeah. And, and that's what it felt like the roots started going through 
when they went to you know um the second album when you know because like i said illadelf was obviously darker yeah um, that was the album the, request the that was the album request love like almost quit the group because he said he didn't like illadelf half-life because it sounded too sample based mm-hmm. and that was the direction that both the record label and the group kind of wanted to go in at that time and he he periodically like quit the group but of course they convinced yeah, yeah. them to come on back but mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's very interesting because they were definitely they were definitely sold and marketed and presented to us as like hip hop's first true band. You know, and then you listen to you might not pick that up with with Illadelph Half Life or necessarily even uh, uh, Things Fall Apart, but you listen to Organics and it's like okay, yeah, they are a band because it's 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 they sound like a live band. It's they it's, sound like a live band. It wasn't and, and, overproduced. Yeah. Y'all in the studio, literally jamming. That's what it felt like. And it's just, it's just, man, it's just, it's just fresh. It's just fresh to hear, you know. And and, and the, the the grooves, man, on here, like 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 you know the the, the, the keyboard work, the bass work, the the guitar work, even even the uh, a say what man track on here. I feel that a say what man track on organics is better than the one on do you want more it is better you know, like they it, said they live at the soul shack yeah they just they were getting down it, it just, is it is literally sounds better to me yeah now now um they, yeah it gave, it gave you a taste of what they were capable of even though they didn't have everything clicking and they were still you could tell they were still kind of figuring out what works for them you had a lot of throwaway skits like there's a riot going on mm. uh sarita's having my baby uh, it even ended on a skit with carrying on, which yeah, I, just, I, just I like instantly cut off. Yeah, yeah, which I, I found hilarious. Now, just just a here's here's a little context. Here are some of the other jazzy hip hop albums that came out in 1993 that Organics was a contemporary of. You had Dale the Funky Homo Sapien, No Need for Alarm. You had Guru with the first Jazzmatazz. Hmm. You had Diggable Planets with Reaching. Mm-hmm. You had a tribe called Quest with Midnight Marauders. You had De La Soul with Balloon Mind State. You had Black Moon with Enter the Stage. And you had Freestyle Fellowship with Inner City Griots. I will go so far as to say the Roots Organics album is probably better than all of these albums with the exception of Midnight Marauders. That's just me. I can see that though. I can I can see the argument being pretty solid for that. And 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 granted, I'm biased. But the reason why I say that is because a lot of those albums to me, they may have had a couple of jams on it, but as a cohesive album, yeah. I don't think it was cohesive. Because the roots, their sound is throughout this whole album and a lot of people can't do that yeah exactly yeah it's it's like it's like okay a piece of this album is going to be the the group or the the artist and a piece of this album got to be for the radio and a piece of this album going to be for the b-side that people going to like later you know what i'm saying It's, it's almost like they're they're mathematically portioning out the album and the roots didn't feel like that it felt yeah. like this is what we're gonna do. You can go in the studio, get your Red Bull, 
we gonna hit these tracks in one take like like um it's a track that tyler the creator raps on but i think it's jay-z's beat and it's on youtube i can't think of the, the name of the track but at the oh no that was the, a biggie beat i know the one you're talking about yeah 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 and at the beginning he was like all right let's do this beat in one take that's what the first thing like one of the first things he said before he even gets into the song that's what it felt like with this album yeah i agree like, i agree like, you can listen to this album all the way through and it feels like they jammed somebody did a skit while the other people was taking a water break and they came back and jammed again for a couple more tracks and then you did a skit and somebody had to go to the bathroom or they took a drag and then we're gonna jam again and then we're gonna have these skits and then the album is gonna be over and we just jammed <laughs> right. for about an hour that's literally what it feels like you know yeah. what i'm saying that, yeah. that it feels like okay we're just gonna have an hour-long studio session and, and that's what they did yeah yeah and it does not feel this album is 62 minutes it does not feel like that nope i listened to this album three times today I was like, snap, when this album go off, like, man, like, I actually got some work done because I was listening to this album. I was like, oh, I got that all done in one hour because that's how long, you know, 62 minutes, you know? Yep, yep, yep. 62 minutes. It does not feel like it. Um, Oh, and I forgot to mention uh, 93 93 Till Infinity by um, Souls of Mischief 2 came out that year. Um, My West Coast listeners will get me if I don't (laughs) include that. (laughs) Um, Now, now, you know this this album it's good man and, and and what's funny is that like when i look up when i looked up reviews online to see how other people kind of digest it yeah you had a few complimentary reviews of it but but overall people kind of don't mess with organics which i find weird you know or they they, they they've kind of given it mediocre reviews but like yeah, i don't think they know where it fits in like the hip-hop lexicon I, I don't either. I don't either. Like I, I saw I this one, this one video where they were going through the Roots albums one by one, and like they just dogged Organics. And like nah. I said, let me let me go to these people's channel to see what other music that they're used to reviewing. And sure enough, it was a hard rock YouTube channel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand why y'all weren't really rocking with Organics, but yeah. To me, it's probably their fourth best album. Yeah. I agree. It's definitely better. I will put it above Phrenology. I will put it above... I will definitely put it above Tipping Point. I'll put it above Game Theory. I'll put it above Then You Shoot Your Cousin. I, 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 think, I think Game Theory comes close to it, but not quite, because Game Theory played out like a like a one long jam session too but game theory was very serious and i don't know i would have to put it up against game theory again but i'm i'm feeling like it's their fourth maybe fifth best album depending on how game theory measures up to it but i, I, I love it man i can see that he's because from when i was on some of the other you know the other uh, podcasts with you and he was talking about the roots and i was going through the you know discography for the stuff that i missed and i was just like this is just not hidden for me it's just not the same roots yeah because at this yeah. point leonard hubbard was sick you know he was gone malik b was gone and it was like this this ain't the same you know 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad Black Thought has been able to kind of like, not not reinvent himself, but he's continued to grow as an MC and and, and to get better uh, to the point where, you know, he could give us these, these solo projects that are just like, just phenomenal, just from a lyrical standpoint where, okay, now we're showing up for you. We're not showing up for the, hear you with the band. We're showing up for you. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's that's been very important to his evolution as an artist. Um, but this this album is is great, man. It's 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 fun. It's carefree. It's it's jazzy. It's inventive. It's left field. And you know, anybody you know looking to get into some good old school or some good '90s hip hop, I think this is this is definitely like like required listening. If if you appreciate that that live band feel you know right. some some people just ain't into that you know and and i get it you know um you want your hip-hop to sound like hip-hop but this was just different man this was just different this was this was like i said it was just it was just felt very inventive and very original to me you know um now i think they was it was freer because like i said it was their first album it was like they didn't know where they was gonna go with it and they knew that they had a following in philly and they could always bounce back yeah so i think that's why it was freer but then like say you start getting in it with the record producers and and the, you know studios get involved and it's just like i do leonard hubbard on the bass <laughs> isn't just a phrase for me <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's a like, it's a rally cry <laughs> yeah yeah it's like we got leonard hubbard on the base and and it's you you know what's coming you you know what i'm saying and everybody like I said man just everybody can't do that it just it, it just ain't the same if everybody can't do that you know and and i know people that's really in the music will be like well he don't compare to to flee or he doesn't compare to jimmy hendrix or blah 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 i don't give a crap about none of that i'm talking about what he did with this group and what he did for this group you know what i'm saying yeah yeah just just like said you it's like you lost a leg and an arm losing malik being in leonard hubbard it just ain't yeah 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 and and the sad part about it is here's the sad part about it i think about like rock groups and pop groups that go through the loss of members and they can still pull it out and i'm like i feel really bad that the roots could do that the same way you know what i'm saying yeah because you talked about they lost people who were integral to the sound and they never found a new sound they never found another a different type of sound without those people it just don't sound the same you know so i think about like um red hot chili peppers anthony kiedis and flea have been with red hot chili peppers the longest right before their first album was supposed to start getting produced i think they lost uh, a friend of theirs which is where under the bridge comes from right so he okay. wound up not being a part of the album you know he a heroin overdose so mm. then they went through two different John somebody and Chad somebody. I, I forget the the guitar and the the guitar and the drums people that they went back and forth with. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at their discography, 
they sound different, but they was able to reinvent themselves with a different sound later on. Even Flea said he went, you know, people was like, Flea is one of the best bass players ever. And Flea was like, I didn't know what I was doing. So he, he left the band to go to school for music. And then when he came back is when they made Californication and mm. got back on track. You know what I'm saying? And really reinvented themselves again. And then just started, you know, banking out albums. You know, because I was wow. in the Stadium Arcadium, what, last week? You know? So it, it's like, man, I really wish hip-hop could do the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 very... Somebody, it's really like, yeah. man... That's it's very rare awesome. because... Because here's the thing with, with with rap, we there there are rarely instruments being played, so we get connected to the MC's voice. You know, right. I, I I I like Malik B's voice. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I like True Goy's voice. I like ODB's voice. You know, yeah. and it's like you lose that voice, man. It's just like and I get a woo tag. Right, <laughs> like, right. Man, it's, yeah. Yeah, you're you know, right. That's what it is. You, there's a way we connect with that type of music. Yeah, that's that's what it is. But I was listening Ooh, to. Who wanna be an MC? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was on a, a master class and I was listening to uh, Dr. Cornell West, and he was talking about one of the things he said was, if you're not in your culture's fiction, you don't exist. And I was like, huh. And he said, wait, repeat that, repeat that. If you're not a part of your culture's fiction, you don't exist. And and he said, that's one of the ways that a lot of uh, a lot of minority communities are getting wiped out and their stories aren't being able to be told because they're not inside the fiction that is successful. Mm. And I had never thought about it from that perspective. But another thing that he brought out, too, is that a lot of your history is going to be taught through your music. Yeah. So yeah. He, he went back to John Coltrane and and he did a case study on John Coltrane because John Coltrane, I didn't know, died at like 40. Yeah, he died early. So did Charlie and, Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And he broke down because I'm not I'm not into music like that. He broke down what they did like the way he broke it down completely changed the way i heard it when i listened to um in a sentimental mood okay okay the first time i heard that was on the cosby show really yeah because uh what was happening claire and cliff had came from someplace and i think the scene was they didn't talk in the scene you know, it was kind of like like flirty with each other. And I think they had some uh, cheesecake or something like that, you know, and it. it oh, it, I remember it, that. Right, yeah. it's, it's just innocent middle mood playing. OK, yeah, I do. Like, remember that. Yeah. But he talked about the genius behind the creation of it, because who was with him? Thelonious Monk? No, no sentimental. Mood and, um, was, that was that was Duke Ellington, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, he talked about how in harmony they were, that they could probably never produce that sound again. They did that on one take. Mm. Uh, and, and 
just to just to have someone who's not a musician break down the composition of it like if you ever heard somebody that's a musician and they say stuff it's like bro i know you a genius but i don't know what the crap you're talking about right now <laughs> i i can't translate it that in my head you got to tell me it in a way i understand it and cornell west told me in a way i understood it which completely changed my per my appreciation of it yeah duke was deep man like like you know we just kind of remember him for the big band stuff but like mm -hmm. Like he has some deep cuts that he could like compose. I think he's he's got over a thousand compositions. But check out check out Arab how you pronounce it Arabesque Cookie. A R A B E S Q U E uh, Cookie. It's yeah, a it's it. a it's a Duke Ellington composition, but man, it 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 really soothes me. You know what I'm saying when I when I need soothing. Uh, pause. Um, <laughs> But um, but yeah, yeah, man, like like like, and watch some of his old interviews too, and like just, I'm always fascinated hearing him talk about the way he approaches music and how he mm -hmm. sees music and stuff like that. But yeah, um, that's that's neither here nor there. But going going back to the roots, organics, another thing that, um, oh, but, but to wrap oh. that up, my point was because of the music they create, they're part of part of the culture. So when you lose somebody yeah. that's part of creating that music, then you lose a part of the culture. You can't just reinvent the sound like we was talking about with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right, right, yeah. right. Very, yeah, yeah, very good point. Um, another thing I, I I benefited from with back in the day from checking out Organics, I did not know why the Roots label their or numbered their their song titles on their CDs the way they did because I think on Do You Want More which was their first commercial release, mm -hmm. it started out with track 18. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, why is track one labeled track 18? But I went, whatever, I ain't, I ain't gonna worry about it. But then when I bought Organics and it was like, it was tracks one through 17, I was like, oh, and then they just pick up from where they left off with each album. Ah, gotcha, I see it. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, okay. Hm. You ever noticed that with their albums, like they would be labeled like track one would be track 40 something. And I'd be like, what's this about? I don't think I, I think maybe we paid attention to it back in the day. But, you know, I haven't thought about it since. Ah, OK, OK. But yeah, that's that's where it clicked with me. I'm like, oh, Organics has the first 17 tracks. And then uh, Do You Want More has tracks 18 through 36. And then Philadelphia Half-Life has tracks uh 37 through you know uh 53 or whatever it was like mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's pretty clever you know just a little stuff like that I, yeah. I thought was was clever um but let's 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 dive into some some of your favorite tracks man like i know you said this album holds a lot of sentimental value to you as well but give me give me five your five favorite tracks from the roots organics oh the past popcorn uh, good music, grits. Say what, man? And um, let me see. It's gonna be between Anti Circle and Writer's Block, cause that that whole. Cause I don't personally care for Leonard Parts one through five. What? I I can I can listen to it. What? Technically, technically, this could really be a really close to being a no skip album. You know what I'm saying? But like, that ain't my sound. Because I really? can listen to the roots is coming all the way through grits, 
like this is this is beautiful this is this is heavenly this is you know what i'm saying this is ambrosia for your ears right now and and then i get to letters part one through five and they got that dirty dirty dirt and i'm like that horn is not hitting <laughs> oh man i love Leonard parts one through five man like, but like fast uh, popcorn good music grits and say what man that's instantly poor right there instantly out the gate and then the thing about it is say what man is uh looking on wikipedia they did that recorded at it says slovenia in 93 but then when you go to do do, do you want more they was at trocadero in 93 for the other essay what man oh really okay yeah it's two different recordings and i i don't think i ever paid attention to that until <laughs> until like right now one is december 15th 1993 and the other is uh may 15th may 19th 1993 speaking of which that's about to come up in a couple of days yep 30 years yeah yep also my anniversary oh may 19th yep yeah, my sister and my mom, uh, my parents are around there. Because, uh, oh yeah, today and tomorrow. That's what they're a day apart. Yeah, oh, snap. Yeah, yeah uh, May 19th was my an- anniversary. It was also the day my... Uh, oh my yeah, birth- I was there. I was in the Yeah, you were there. there. <laughs> 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 you was there. It was, it was also the day... Um, few of course a few a few years separated the day my grandfather passed and it is also malcolm x's birthday so yeah may 19th oh, really? had a lot oh, going wow. on. it did yeah oh wow so you got past the popcorn a say what man good music grits and what's your fifth i'm gonna say probably hmm it might be the session but it might Ooh. be a piece of the session because, I mean, that's a long clip. Yeah, it's a 12-minute song. Right, and they do they do different stuff in there. And when I'm listening to it, I can't look at the... You know, I'm not looking at my phone because I'm on the computer. Or I might be doing something else. And then, okay. unfortunately, because I can only listen to this on YouTube, they don't have a track list. Oh, yeah, they sure so don't. So, I'm like, if this ain't some bull... So, you can't... So, you're not... It's not easy to... You know, and if I got YouTube open and I'm in the car, then I can't, I can't see what's going on. Right, right. Pop up on the, on the uh, dashboard. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's not on, it's not on the, uh, the digital streaming platforms either, uh, the traditional ones. I, I still have it, like, you know, tracked out because I, I, I had the CD and I uploaded it into my Apple Music library, so. Mm-hmm. That's how I was able to listen to it again. But the session was dope, too. I really love the intros of the MCs on the session. Mm-hmm. When they're, like, warming up and doing the ad-libs and everybody is introducing themselves. Like, that might be my favorite part of the session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for me, got good music. Definitely got good music in there. I got grits, of course. I got grits. Yep. Yep. I got Leonard Parts 1 to 5. I've got writer's block, and I got I'm out there. So, for me, you gotta you gotta snatch me up in the first couple of tracks. Yeah. If you don't do that, I can't rock with you. Like, like you gotta like Midnight Marauders, right? They did the Steve Biko bit, right? Then they went into a war tour. No, they went into um. Was it was it eight million stories? 
no that's in uh that's b-side but it's uh you're right you're right it was a war tour oh it was okay yeah so so i'm like when they when they start the album up you got to pull me in well by the time i got the album i had seen the war tour as a video a bazillion times You, you know what i mean so i was like okay cool same same thing with PT Alien. Same thing with uh, Equimini. You know, with Return of the G. Like they came in answering a lot of questions, and we gonna still have some bangers. You know what I'm saying? So same thing with uh, uh, Stadium Arcadium. Same thing with uh, By the Way. You know, from Red Eye Chili Peppers, uh, Californication. If you can get me in the first few tracks. I'll, I'll probably rock with this, you know. I'll go ahead and try listening to the whole album. Indeed, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. You got you got about four tracks to grab me. If you don't grab me within the first four tracks, right? right. I'm, I'm tuning out real quick. I want to say about Grits. Grits is a deceptively titled song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is a song that we actually Jack slang from, you know. Cause we we started incorporating grits in our speech. <laughs> yeah, like, I uh, still say it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, man, kiss my yellow grits. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I still say it. Leonard Parts one of five. I already commented on that. Writer's block. Very underrated song from this album. It's it's a very brief brief jump, but like it's Black Thought basically doing slam poetry. Mm-hmm. And describing gotcha. a scene on which is, was a scene I was very familiar with, riding on public transportation on the train, mm-hmm. and it's rainy and it's muggy. And everybody's trying to grab a seat, and you know you're sitting there trying to figure out the, the rest of your night and what you're gonna do for the evening. You know, John Coltrane and Chinese food is my day for the night. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was very it was very picturesque. And I, I could I could envision in my in my mind's eye like everything he was saying, yeah. all the way to like, excuse me, brother, will you mind not dripping your umbrella into my lap? It's like I could visualize everything, and I, I felt that it was like I just really connected with that track. I, you know, it was it was I just really connected with it. I thought I'm out there was very was also slept on, but um, now, yeah. as a as a as a slight aside, it's funny you said that. When you said what is this, uh, John Coltrane, what, it, what else did he say? In Chinese food. So <laughs> that instantly reminded me of nostalgia because we was talking about coke rap earlier, and and uh, Pusha T said Jim Star Razor in a dinner plate. <laughs> he said something something is my dinner date, and I was, oh, like, yeah, and I, was yeah. like, I was like they saying the same thing, but they do not they are not meaning the same thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's, that's why I like coke, coke rap, man, because of the double entendres and, <laughs> right. and the hidden meanings you get, you could slip in and like, oh, he's talking about uh, manufacturing drugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. When I first heard that, I was like, wait a minute, let me look that up. And, and I was like, Jim Stars <laughs> is the name of a razor brand. And I was like, huh. And see, Learned something I, about- I could see what he was saying, but I didn't know what Jim Star was at the time. I knew about Jim Starsh from Method Man. Ah, gotcha. Okay. You know, I mean, because I used to hear him rap about Jim Star, so yeah, I, I knew what he was what he was alluding to. <laughs> right, I knew what he was saying, but you know how sometimes it's like I don't know what this specific word means. Like, for example, I was listening to um, what was I listening to earlier today? Ghostface said some track 
about separating the English and the Dutch. And oh, I've been watching an anime called on uh, which one? That was on Triumph. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So, um, but I was watching an anime called Vinland Saga, and that's what it's about. It's about oh, like really? the year 1100 when the Vikings is Roman and the Dutch and the English are going back and forth. And there's a, a scene at the, you know, one of the characters in the first season is saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, but I'm really from this place. And my main objective is to keep the English out of my land. Ah. So when I heard him say that today, I was like, this dude knew what that meant when he said it <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> like that's 20, 20 years, years, years old. <laughs> right i'm just now realizing oh that's what that means like like just those one those one-offs like you you really gotta sometimes realize that these people man they not idiots like people when rap was first get hidden like they know what they talking about you just don't understand the language that they speak in oh yeah 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 you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you gotta you gotta be able to catch it man you gotta be able to catch it yeah but but shout outs to the roots man shout outs to this album organics uh very very dope listen um yeah yeah. nice nice if you just want to hear something different you know this is this is a nice album to get into it's something easy exactly it's not preachy it's like you said earlier it's just a fun album yeah yeah exactly yep just a fun album so um any listeners who have not heard this album i i strongly strongly recommend it um <clears throat> you know it's an album i always hold close to my heart for, for many reasons yeah um and uh yeah shout out shout out to it on its 30th anniversary so if there's nothing else you want to say on organics uh let's go right ahead into our album face off for the night I'm calling it the battle of the weird niggas. That's accurate. <laughs> and, 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 and shame on you, Jamil, and shame on you, Vince, for not showing up for this. <laughs> they they should have been here, definitely. But um, uh, we have, in one corner, we have Tyler, the creator, with his album, Igor, going up against Childish Gambino and his album, Awaken My Love. Now, in one corner with Tyler, the creator's Igor, this was actually his fifth studio album uh, released May 17th, 2019 on uh, Columbia Records, clocking in at 12 tracks in 39 minutes. Uh, It says produced by Tyler Okanma, which is like his alter ego. I I know Tyler's been known to do his own production. Um, And then it's going up against Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino which is actually his third album. Um, it was released December 2nd, 2016 on Glass Note Records and was produced by Donald Glover and Ludwig Gorenson, clocking in at 11 tracks in 49 minutes. Hold up, um, hold up. Yeah. He produced this with Ludwig Gorenson? Yeah. Okay. And others, I believe. Hold on, let me check. Uh, like, do you know who that, who that is, right? Yeah, he's like a big time composer, right? Yeah, huge. He did both Black uh, Black Panther soundtracks, both the Black Panther scores. He won an Oscar for the first Black Panther score. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I thought 
I had thought that he had used like a band on here initially, which he might have still, but yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying I, that that really explains the sound. It does. It does. I've, I've seen an interview with this dude. I think it's on Disney Plus where he literally like he was explaining. I think we might have talked about this on another another podcast, but he was explaining how he had to go to create the sounds for the uh, Mesoamerican era of music. Oh, you did. I do remember you talking about that. That he was the same guy. Go. This is Luther Gorenson. Yeah, he had to go to South America and he found like 10 rappers rapping in Mayan. And he had to like study these dudes and record these dudes for the sounds of Black Panther so he can use it for um, Namor and his people. That's oh, wow. where he, he literally had to like fly to South America, you know. And I was like, this dude is a trip. Like he ain't, he ain't messing around. Like he, he ripped about his music, you know. That's awesome, man. That's so, so dope. That, that was that was a big deal. So, like I said, when you said Ludwig Gorenson, I'm like, okay, that this this sound makes complete sense now. Okay, know? well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Between these two albums, between Igor by Tyler the Creator and Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino's, which one of these weird niggas are you giving it to? <laughs> okay, I I gotta give it to Childish Gambino. Not because Igor is not good. I'm older. And Awaken My Love definitely has an older sound. Mm. To me, it has a... Um, I think the production is good. My issue is... He keeps changing his voice. And that trash is super annoying. When you listen to it, like for example... When you listen to Redbone, right? And then you listen to California, he ain't got the same voice. Yeah. His yeah. his pacing is different. It's like like it's it's how can I put it? It's disrupting to my ears. Like there's a mood that you're trying to set, and there's a sound and there's a funk that's in some of these tracks, and then you go to the next track and it's like what the what, what are you doing right now like yeah. you know you know what i mean like california was a low point on this album and i'm just like like there's a few tracks on there where it's like him doing the way he did his voice just completely just like threw me out of the mood of the album now when you listen to igor it gives me a teen angst vibe and because i've been through teen angst i completely understood everything he was saying I just don't think it was well produced. And I think it was a little bit too short. I think it could have been meteor. You know, maybe if you had like three more tracks on it. Okay. And if it had uh, a more outright theme, it, it really seemed like it would have it would have hit a little bit harder. But like I said, the sound for um, Awaken My Love is fantastic. The sound is consistent. It's got a, a little feel of funk in there, the feel of jazz, you know, a little bit of rock. It, it's a, it feels like it's a consistent sound, but he doesn't sound consistent. Mm. So some of the songs that you used to hearing, those are his best tracks on the album. You know, like I like me and your mama. Uh, this is 
not not zombies. Where is it? Uh, maybe Boogeyman. Obviously, Redbone. The Night Me Your Mama Met. You know. So some of those tracks, they have a specific sound. Funny enough, Gorenson is all on on all of those tracks, and they work. And then intermittently in between there, some of these tracks is like like I didn't care for zombies, but I did like Riot, which led into Redbone. But then you hit Whoa, 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 whoa! You didn't like zombies? I didn't care for zombies. No, it's not that it's terrible, but right around that area between tracks three and five is when he started switching up the sound. It's like what's what's going on here? You know. So, like I said, by the time you get to California, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to turn this out and off. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I didn't already heard the best track on here, which is Redbone. I'm, I'm ready to turn this off. You know, so. Mm. Like mm. I said, uh, it, it just don't. It, 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 he overdid it to me. Like, you, you, like, like speaking of grits, you like, you overcooking my grits, Childish Gambino. You know what I'm saying? You overcooking <laughs> my grits, you know? Cause, uh, like I said, that, that's that's my only. The sound is fantastic. If this is an instrumental album, you'd be straight. Like if you just had the instrumentals to this, you'd be straight. To to the to the Childish Gambino. Yeah, to Wake of My Love. Because the sound. Like but you're still says, you're still giving it the the nod over the Tyler. Here's here's my issue with Tyler. One. He's got the feel of the childish angst. He's got a consistent sound. He's got a consistent voice. But when you get about, let's say, let me let me pull up Igor. So, where's the track list? Okay. So he starts off hitting Igor's theme, Earthquake. You know, um, I think. You know what I'm saying? Um, but a few of these tracks. It's like, hmm, it's too simplistic. Now, he got a consistent theme running. This is sounding like the sound of it definitely sounds fantastic as far as this is his voice. This is his theme. This is how he's talking. This is how he this is what he wants to express. You know what I'm saying? Um, But as far as production wise, the music itself just wasn't wasn't hitting for me i think earthquake is you know best track on there i did like puppet i like boy with a gun you know um i don't love you anymore are we still friends like he he has something to say at the end of the you know end of the album but like yeah. I said, the uh um he started off strong and he ended strong but that middle is rough it's and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean it's like it's not polished as far as production goes yeah, yeah, he he was trying out a lot of different things. And he and, should. I, I'm know. glad that he did. Yeah, yeah, and that's a part of that's a part of who he is. You know what I'm saying? And because this is what you said, this this is his fifth studio album. Yeah, yeah, man, dude, keep keep doing it. You know, because it's it's a sound that someone wants to hear, but at 45 years old, it's not me. I see. I see. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just not something that I want to hear. Now, I, I'll have a um, a playlist that I'll have for the songs of his that I like. 
but it won't be a whole album. It won't, I don't think it. I don't think the, the albums that I have heard, like Goblin, I don't think it's a no skip album. You know. Okay, even, understood. Even uh, what can my love? That ain't no no skip album because I tell you right now, they need to burn <laughs> California. Skip that. Yeah, yeah, that that mess need to go. Like I was listening to it at work, you know, just trying to digest it. I'm like, maybe if I digest it in a different setting, it'll hit different. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. still black. Nah, because <laughs> man, man, I like when I'm at a certain point in my drive, I need something that's going let me let me go you know what i'm saying like i can so i can get to work and i'm about to make this left turn on lakeshore and california came on that mess was dragging i was like hey siri play hard in the paint yeah (laughs) 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 man like oh snap this this is literally about to play hard in the paint right now no i ain't talking to you siri hold on Yeah, but like I said, like I gotta, like, nah, I, I can't be on Lakeshore Drive and listen to listen to California, man. I, I might run into a, one of these barriers or something just to get this thing to be quiet. Like, nah. Okay, okay, understood, understood. But I do like that he knows his voice. That's the one best. That's the best part about Tyler. He knows his voice. He knows what he wants to sound like. You know what I'm saying? Like. If he if he toned up his lyrics, he might be like the baby brother to Andre Three Thousand. Like mm. if he could tone up his lyrical skills and get some better production, he would be on his way to being in that same vein, not that level, but as far as his his appeal, who he's trying to appeal to, you know? Yeah. Okay, understood. Understood. I, I especially get your point about just being older and being able to relate to the music on "Awaken My Love" a little better. It's it's definitely a, a yeah. It's a more mature album. Um, now for That's me, not a good or bad thing. It's just a, just the way it yeah. sounds. You know exactly, exactly. Uh, now for me, I enjoy both these albums. You know, musically and production wise. I uh I shoot the the Igor was actually a lot better than I remember because I remember checking it out mm-hmm. like once or I twice when it first came out and I was like eh, this ain't really for me I'm gonna come back to this but I, I do remember it was well received but at the time like, I just I just wasn't really really ready to hear it mm-hmm. so I'm glad I got a chance to really give it a, a thorough listen for this this face off the childish Gambino Awaken my love was still just as good as I remember it and I'm gonna say this. Because the themes that Childish Gambino touched on were a little deeper, mm-hmm. as you as you kind of already pointed out, I'm giving the edge to Childish Gambino because I was engaged with this album the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even through the, the the one rare low point, it was right. like, okay, let me hear what he's talking about. Okay, he's talking about a, a goofy girl who wants to move to California, whereas. Like you, I felt that Tyler kind of started to fizzle out toward the the third act of the album. Now it, yeah. it got it got its footing back with the closing track, Are We Still Friends? I did enjoy that one particularly. And you know, for the most part, the album is fairly consistent, but the Tyler is just I'm, I'm sorry, not the Tyler, the, the Childish Gambino production-wise, it's just working with just way more firepower. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you mentioned maturity too, because 
you take tracks like there's a track he has on here about his his son you mm. know which which i definitely relate to i i i, I really mess with that song yeah and he the song boogeyman you know you think it's like a, gonna be this fun dance track but he's actually singing about black plight in america and how the black man is seen as the boogeyman you know yeah. and he always got something to say yeah yeah, yeah. and he, he's talking about you know shooting of unarmed black teenagers and and stuff like that even with zombies you know and him touching on you know all the people that kind of come out the woodwork to suck you dry or in this case eat you alive because they know you got money and fame so you know these people are kind of pursuing you like zombies you know and it's just very 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 eerie but very dope mm-hmm. you know things yep. and then of course red bone we you know i think everyone's sick of hearing about red bone at this point <laughs> But um, even even um, uh, what's the name of that track? It's in the very beginning. Have some love. Have some love sounds like a like a like a just yeah like an old Parliament funkadelic yep. song from the seventies, man. Yep. Just, just like riot, yeah. Or or a uh, 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 Sly and the Family Stone song, you know. Mm. Um, you know, and then it ended with Baby Boy and the Nightmare Your Mama Met, and then Stands Hall, which is which is a good good conclusion. It just it just had more firepower, and I, I enjoyed Igor. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, I, did. I particularly enjoyed. I think, um, yeah, yeah. of course, Igor's theme, uh, Running Out of Time, was dope. Uh, New Magic Wine is is dope. Um, a boy is a gun. Are we still friends? I, I do remember around this time. This was kind of around a time where like Tyler was kind of I, I don't I don't know if he was trolling or if it was just it's just him, but he was kind of like putting it out there that he was bisexual, mm-hmm. and people were kind of people were kind of acting kind of hands off with him around the time this album came out mm-hmm. so maybe that's 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 the reason why i never at the time like went back to revisit it you know not not that i really care but like you know i i thought that it was at the time i it, it felt like a gimmick i'm like okay is this, is this just him being gimmicky but but no no that was him that was him <laughs> yeah, um, but but I appreciate it. It's like even even songs like "A Boy Has a Gun," where it's like you don't know you don't know who he's really talking to. It's like is he talking to a girl? Is he talking to a boy? It's like it's very ambiguous, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the song is good, you know. The song is good, man. Um, I can't even front. But uh, both these albums, I feel, are descendants of musical descendants of the Love Below. <laughs> um, I can see that. I, I don't think you get either of these albums without an album like that. And if you, you know, if you want to be generous, may, maybe Kanye's 808s and Heartbreaks, even though they came in, came out five years later after uh, Love Below. But I, I tend to think that the Love Below kind of planted the seeds for albums like this. Yep. And and yeah. that's what, like I said earlier, that's what you, you need. You need something that's going to create a foundation to grow on. And a thing I appreciated about Love Below was this was Andre 3000 able to express what he wanted to express. You saw the theme of love in its various forms throughout the whole album. You had his sound, like just, I mean, even with Dracula's Wedding, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's just like certain tracks on there, it's like 
this sounds like Andre 3000. And then somebody's going to listen to that and really be in the music and be like, man, I'm going to express myself how I want to express myself. You know? Yeah. So they do. And then you get albums like this. Yeah, and both, both, both these albums are outstanding, man. Yeah, shame on Vince. He, he, Vince, Vince always uh, bringing up R&B albums, but, <laughs> but for this album Face Off, he ain't show up. <laughs> I tried to do something different, you know. <laughs> tried to switch it up from from the hardcore hip hop. I always, I always have the, everybody uh, uh, doing the face off someone, right? But right. um, but yeah. So there you have it. We're we're both giving the edge to uh, Childish Gambino, uh, "Awaken My Love." But both these albums are excellent. Both these albums are, are worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so that will bring us to our next and final segment of the night what you've been bumping uh or what you're bumping where i invite you all to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week or so so uh marcellus man what you been bumping I've been all over the place because like I said last week I was listening to uh, Red Eye Chili Peppers but now because I'm on my anime kick then I went to uh, I don't know if you know who New Jobbies is but he's a DJ that created uh, like a Japanese hip hop fusion sound oh yeah fantastic um died way too early i think he was like 32 when he died or something like that i think it was a hit and run or something but it was like i didn't even find out about him until um because he did the soundtrack to uh samurai champloo and and um i was listening to that you know then listening to uh like i said uh some tribe and i think what a few weeks ago we was we was both going back and forth far side so then this week oh yeah live cabin uh, california yeah this week was roots yeah just between this past weekend and uh today just listen to the roots album just going back through the discography that i'm used to okay for sure for sure uh myself i was bumping I, i decided to take up the crew on a few of their suggestions from the past couple of uh what's your bumpings I did get a chance to check out that Scarlet chick uh, that Vince was talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, man, she kind of scary, man. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> she could be on your next uh, weird niggas versus weird niggas. <laughs> <laughs> not even, man. It's like it's like, and I'm not gonna say the chick cannot rap because she can definitely rap, but she is boy is she aggressive. Um. Yeah, man. I just I don't I don't know. I don't like that from my fe- <laughs> my female rappers. I mean, I I like aggression. I like raw digger. You know, yeah. but she she on that like uh, new school drill tip. It's like oh, gotcha. Okay. It's like I'm like man. I don't, I don't like this. It's scary to me. Um, <laughs> then I checked out Reggie's recommendation. This dude named Fat Money, who's actually from Chicago. Um, I did check out that El Gordo album or mixtape, whatever it was. Eh, it wasn't really for me. It's like I I hear the potential in dude. I, I could see why certain people on a certain wavelength would gravitate toward him, but it just it was too mad to me. It was it was I, I feel like I've heard a dozen other rappers 
doing what he does, but I, I hear little bits of potential in him. Gotcha. Uh, de- okay. Definitely. Um, but after those, I needed a palate cleanser. So I was bumping uh, Most Def, Black on Both Sides. Um, and I was bumping, uh, you ever heard of MGMT? Yes. Is that Korean? Uh, I don't know what they are. I, I think they're from here, but or maybe they're from the UK. But um, the album uh, "Little Dark Age" uh, is kind of it's kind of like oh, gotcha, That's new age cool. '80s stuff. But yeah. it's 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 pretty pleasant. Okay. And, and I was bumping. Um, oh yeah, from Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, that clip from The Wire I shared with you made me go back and check out that song that they did, but. Oh, okay. Um, okay. That's that's what that was from. Um, then I was bumping Bodie James, uh, "Killing Nothing," because all that talk last week about music about selling drugs to community made made me want to listen to some music about selling drugs to community. So <laughs> I was bumping Bodie James, uh, "Killing Nothing," and I was also bumping. Decided to revisit "Open Mike Eagle," uh, "Break Body Kids," "Still Daydream," uh, very outstanding album. Marcellus, I actually think you would dig that. What's the name of the album? Uh, Brick, what is it called? Brick Body Kids Still Daydream. It's okay. by Open Mike Eagle. Wait a minute, where have I heard that name from? He's from Chicago. Nah, is he, was he on a, why he sound like he was on Community or something? I think he was on a, somebody mentioned him on a TV show. Yeah, that he's sounds on some familiar. Stuff TV. Yeah, he's definitely done some stuff for TV. He He's from here, but he, he resides in LA now. But um, yeah, it's a dope album, man. It's a dope album. Okay, I'm gonna check it yeah. out. Yeah, very therapeutic. My generation. He is. He's probably a forty-two. Yeah, he's forty-two. So I know he went to school with um. I believe he went to school with Chaz too. Oh, okay. He went to Whitney Young. Yeah, he went to Whitney Young. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There you have it. That's what I've been bumping. Um, so man, Marcellus, man, thanks for coming on the show, holding it down. I did not know tonight was gonna be like this, but hey man, this was this was a good show. This was a good glad, show. Glad I was ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this was just like old times, man. Yep. Like like yep. like this was a good show. So we will definitely be back next week uh with more topics, another album face-off. I'm thinking of doing a old album face-off rematch from way earlier in the days of the podcast. Next week will actually be the podcast's fifth year anniversary. Oh, wow. Can't believe I've been doing this for five years, but hey, I like it. So <laughs> I'll keep doing it, I guess. Um, so, man, Marcellus, man, please give a special thank you and shout out to Becky for letting me borrow you for the night. No homo. No problem. Um, uh, <laughs> and with that, I will bid you adieu. And I'm going to say peace. All right. All right. Later. All right. Peace. 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 This is normal. It's normal now. They said this normal. It's normal. It's normal now. They said this normal. It's normal now. They said this normal. It's normal. It's normal now. Everybody get involved. It's holiday in the wasteland. Quit tripping y'all It's holiday in the wasteland Yeah, 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 yeah When the canyon's that garbage person I might wanna lay down and die Power down on my door
off this earth, just keep my personal crown up high. I'm the king of my lonely island, home is high, they can't reach my house. I put out all the garbage, fire, squeeze the cider right in my mouth. Everything is not ordinary, things begin and then have to die. Everything has been dead and buried, it ain't supposed to come back alive. Now we all in the zombie movie, only weapon is common sense. Zombie sheriffs are trying to lynch us, guess to call up my congressmen. Make a day for base celebration, make a circle on Halloween. Party under your pile of garbage case, so y'all can just follow me. When the king is a garbage person, I might want to lay down and die. Papa down on my darkest urges, keep my personal crown up high. One day without violence, can we get one day without fear? Can we get one day they don't try it? Just like one day the whole gig, and the people get one day without violence. Can we get one day without fear? Can we get one day they don't try it? Just like one day the whole gig. Everybody get involved. This is normal, it's normal now They said it's normal, it's normal, it's normal now They said it's normal, it's normal now They said it's normal, it's normal, it's normal now Protesting, I lost my sign Standing up cause they crossed my line Gather folks and they caught my vibe If it wasn't for y'all, it would've lost my mind Long season, I need this night Fuel's low so we reignite Power's out so we read by light No cops allowed, they can't read my rights Power's out, no electro now Synthesizers all retro sound First directors, protect your town Tell the garbage king, but don't respect your crown Generator, we back online Don't bullshit, we don't have no time Storm the castle, that flag don't fly Safe up the king to that boss and die Ain't no command, no chief Since the man was crowned, we ain't had no sleep Dare the man to put hands on me Or the sovereign land that I stand on be Protesting, I lost my sign Standing up cause they crossed my line Got the folks and they caught my vibe If it wasn't for y'all, I would've lost my mind One day without violence Can we get one day without fear? Can we get one day they don't try us? Just like one day the whole gig And if people get one day without violence Can we get one day without fear? Can we get one day they don't try us? Just like one day the whole gig Everybody get involved it's holiday in the wasteland Quit tripping out It's holiday in the wasteland I remember people I'd like to get to know them It's kinda like my brain is closed But my heart is open Maybe my heart is broken A comet slammed it to the planet Then it parted oceans even started smoking, but then I quit the smoking. I still dream of deep breathing, and my lips is open. I'm coming into focus. I used to practice trying to talk like I was Mr. Bogus. I bet a lot of lonely people think it kissing pokes.